Welcome to the Forest FM podcast, episode 185. I'm Killian Vigna. And I'm Zoe Villal Springer. This week on the show, and off the back of the recent data driven salon experience virtual event, we're discussing all things metric and benchmarks with Forest Salon Success Manager Brittany Volkman and Vish co founder and CEO Joshua Howard. So, grab yourself a cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and join us weekly for all your salon's business and marketing needs. Whether you're booth rental or commission, your stylists are running your business as well. Benchmarking is really just, it allows you to develop a standard of excellence and monitor for continued growth and achievement. Missed opportunities like the extra extra product charges or the toners and add-ons and whatnot. It tends to be about five to $10,000 of profit per chair in your salon per year is leaking from your color business. If you're a salon that have guests coming back in every day and you don't have a problem with customer acquisition or retention, profit's easy. So if you can do good hair, you can get repeat clients, you have a business. If you just tighten it up, all of that extra, every bit of efficiency that you gain is is profit. Data-driven salon experience was developed by Salon Today, one of the most trusted salon business resources in its leading event, the Data-Driven Salon Summit. We've been taking part in the Data-Driven Salon Summit uh, the past couple years. This year's event, of course, needed to be held virtually, and this happened from September 28th to October 30th, and it promised a deep dive into evolving business metric needs. This was, and still is, a unique and adaptive opportunity for connection, self-reflection, and learning for the salon community anywhere and at no cost for salon owners. All of the sessions are still available to watch on demand. And today we bring on two of the speakers, Brittany Volkman of Forest and Joshua Howard of Vish. As part of the event, Brittany discussed how to use salon benchmarking to propel your business, while Josh had attendees look at metrics that would double salon's color profits. Brittany Volkman is the salon success manager here at Forest Salon Software. And her role is to ensure that Forest clients get the most out of the marketing features included in their package, um, helping grow their business. As for Joshua, Joshua is the founder and CEO of Fish Limited. He's a Master's of Science from Memorial University and has spent the majority of his career working in medical research and technology. Through Vish, Josh has been able to apply his expertise in data analysis to the hair color industry helping salon owners make data-driven decisions to increase revenue and streamline their business. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Brittany and Joshua. Joshua, you've been on the show before, uh, but we'll get you to just do a little brief introduction again for our new listeners. But Brittany, this is your very first time on Farce FM, so congratulations and welcome. (laughs) I don't know why I said congratulations. It's like winning a ticket onto a game show or something. Uh, It does kind of feel like that. I love it. It's a fun opportunity. Excellent, excellent. So um, yeah, Joshua, if you want to just kick off a little bit about yourself and then followed shortly by Brittany. Uh, Thanks and good morning. Um, Really appreciate you guys having having me back on the show. And uh, yeah, so I'm Josh Howard. I'm the CEO of Vish. We have an inventory management system for for the professional hair color industry. Um, We have a really cool technology that works with a stylist that communicates everything from back of house to front of house. And of course, we're integrated with Forest Software. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, my name is Brittany, and I work with Forest. So it's a pleasure to be a part of my own company's podcast for my first ever podcast experience. Um, I have been with Forest for just a little over a year now, and I am a salon success manager. So I work 
day in, day out with salons, helping them better align forest with their business and helping their business grow through forest. It's a pleasure to be on here today. My history is in the industry. I've spent so many years in the industry of many different facets. So I'm looking forward to talking with you guys a little more today. Well, you both had presentations uh, at Data Driven very, very recently. I think Data Driven just came to a close now. All the sessions are still available to watch on demand. Um, you both talked about benchmarking in different uh, different ways. So, Brittany, you tackled benchmarking more as in like business metrics in general. And Josh, you were talking about color metrics. So what exactly is benchmarking within the realm of your presentations and how important is it to you guys? To me, benchmarking is simply to measure against a standard. So when we're talking about benchmarks in our industry, I'm looking at things like how many new clients are you generating from social media or how many existing clients are you keeping for, you know, for X amount of time? And then um, kind of along the lines of what Josh spoke about, how do your prices stack up to competition? And more importantly, are those prices generating revenue flow? Um, so benchmarking is really just, it allows you to develop a standard of excellence and monitor for continued growth and achievement. And what about yourself, Josh? What do you think about benchmarking? Yeah. So our whole thing, I mean, I'm a newcomer ish to the industry. I've been in the industry for four years. I come from a research background. Um, it's quite interesting in the industry that there was a lot of benchmarks around the color business that you're specifically that your uh, your cost of goods sold should be a percentage of your total service revenue. And it was, a, it was a way that the salons manage their business, but there was a lot of flaws in it. Just for the simple fact that you, it was, it was, everything was jam-packed into one benchmark and you had no idea what was doing well and what wasn't doing well. Yeah. So what we've, what we've done in, with our company is work with a lot of salon owners and establish new benchmarks. So one of the biggest ones is because profit margin is going to range by region, but you should have a, a benchmark of how much product is being used per service and start benchmarking which services you should actually have on your service menu. Um, and I can you know, get into this a little bit more later on, but essentially there are three main services that most people book within Forest to get a hair color service. It's a new growth application, a highlight of some sort, or an all-over color um, and there's a lot of add-on services that aren't benchmarked that are done from a color application um, method, but not from tracking and actually charging your guests. So we work with a lot of salon owners to help them understand what is actually being done in their chair and how much money they should make on the other side. So then if we were to take a step back and focus on the business for a second and just say, right, let's start identifying some success metrics. Because when we talk about benchmarking, God, you could go down a rabbit hole creating benchmarks and comparing yourself left, right, and center. Like, I, I don't know if you'd end up coming out better afterwards. <laughs> um, but Brittany, do you have some like ones to help you on a track to success that we can kind of focus on now? They don't even have to be too specific, but it's more kind of like, what areas of the business should we start focusing on? Yeah. So when I think about this, the first thing that comes to mind is is focusing on kind of a little bit of each of the metrics that I base my benchmarks off on, which are growth, retention, and revenue. And the one thing that hits all three of those to me is a successful loyalty program. So you can look at something as simple as your new guest count and cross-referencing that with sources of new clients. So you can kind of build a benchmark for all right, if my social media 
is a really high source for me to gain new clientele, but my current clients are not actively referring people. How can I merge those two things together and create some sort of incentive for my current clients to generate new referrals through social media? And you can do that through so many aspects with your marketing, creating that loyalty program, um, and beyond. So that's the first thing that comes to mind. I think just to break it down in terms of where to start with benchmarking, start somewhere small. Um, and like you said, Killian, it's the, the rabbit hole is endless. You'll start to discover after a few benchmarks, so many other areas that you could continue to improve upon. Mm. And in terms of, of the color side of things, I know you guys have done a lot of research on this. So you've come up with a few different success metrics. Do you want to dive into that a bit? Yeah, so we certainly touch on revenue. Um, this is a hard thing to benchmark, but at least charge for all of the services that are coming through your salon. Um, like I mentioned, like you know, your refresh and your toners typically walk out the door without being paid for. Um, but you know, look closer. I mean, we actually look at profit. So, what your product used per service, and we've established a benchmark. Like an efficient salon is going to use five dollars worth of color per application, and we go deeper dive into those after that. Um, but that's a good place to start is, you know, if you average out all of your color services, you should be less than $5 per application. Um, and that actually translates to pounds quite the same, even though pound is like there's more value there. The color is a little bit more expensive in the UK market. Um, and we also look at retention. Um, it's not something that we we measure closely, but we know it's important. People come back to it who are good salon for consistency. They want the consistent outcome of the process, but they want to pay the consistent price as well. A lot of the times a client loves their um, loves their outcome, loves the hair color they had done, but they get to the front desk and there's no toner applied to the ticket. So say it's a $60 charge. Then the next time they come in, they get the exact same service, but someone remembered to charge for that toner. So now it's $80. So even though the stylist did a fantastic job of doing the service and it was the exact same service as last time, they feel like they got gouged because there was additional charge that wasn't there before. So, you know, while... Retention is a very difficult thing to actually measure. Like, how do we impact retention? But we know we record every formula down to one tenth of a gram and store that to the client file. It's actually a new feature coming out with our Forest integration, as we're going to be feeding this directly back into Forest. That should be coming in the next couple of weeks. But you know, making sure that those formulas are exact and making sure that the price is exact as well um, is something that's very important. It's interesting you say about the pricing because you know. From the client side of things, like I, I think about going into the salon and I've recently been getting color now, but, um, you know, it, like it would affect my budget. Like I, it would be harder for me to budget. But on the, the salon owner side of things, it's also hard to budget. So the question is kind of like, why isn't it standard, you know? <laughs> and something that we're introducing, um, you know, there is that idea of separating parts and labor is something we do, but setting the minimum threshold of color for it. So take you, for example, Zoe, like, you're not going to require the same amount of color that someone has hair down to the shoulders. Yeah. But previous to our technology, um, most salons would be charging the same price. So you would be overcharged and then the next guest would be undercharged. So having that insight and establishing benchmarks for what the client actually needs is incredibly important. So for treatments like that, then you could have a kind of starting from and to, and then it kind of varies client to client. Exactly. Well, every salon, if you looked, if you poured through all the forest data, I'm sure that you have a new growth application. Then you would have, uh, you know, a short, medium, and a long um, service. But if you actually poured through the data, 
the small or the short hair is always selected. You know, stylists are like, oh, that's fine. I can make do with this. Or the client's booking online and they're picking the cheaper service. Um, but what we do is we just keep it simple where you just have a starting price. And as there's incremental costs, then we push those back to the front desk to make sure that those incremental charges are, uh, are reflected on the client's ticket. So I'm I'm the type of person who loves stats. Um, you guys have also at Fish published a white paper titled "Are You Prepared?" This was earlier in the year. I think it was just after the reopening period, kind of thing. Um, do you have any findings to share with us, or even some stats that we can run through? And then Brittany will go into some of the research that we did as well post crisis. Of course. So I honestly I remember it was like March 12th, and we had all the staff. And we were just going through a growth period. And everything. We were just starting to ramp up. Like 2020 was our sort of year to, really, to expand <laughs> our, our our presence. And then I remember you know, looking around and like seeing the news and stuff. So with the staff, I said, guys, just go home, get some groceries. Like, who knows how crazy this is going to get? We're going to work from home until this kind of settles down. Obviously, it got worse. So everything. So we had to, you know, um, reduce the amount of staff we had just to figure out what the lay of the land. Because, you know, we stopped all of our payments for all of our customers. Um, so then I was thinking about it. I'm sitting down on my computer and I'm thinking, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, so if they're closed for four weeks, and I was t- talking to my brother, I'm like, how fast does hair grow? Um, he's like half inch a month. So I'm like, okay. So then I sat down and like, okay. And then what does one month of disruption look like? What does two months of disruption? What does three months of disruption look like? So I just started mapping that out and compared it to our data and our product usage for the, like I said, the top three services, which is a new growth, a toner, um, our new growth, so new growth, all of our color, and then um, a highlighting service. And then I just went and I call, and then I ran the numbers on it, and it ended up being like, you're going to see the three to 400% increase in product use per service once this salon's reopened. And if you couple that with a lot of clients, a lot of salon, a lot of clients were supporting their salons by buying gift cards and buying, doing different things to help support their salon which is great, but everybody knows what gift card season is. Like, you know, it's great when that cash comes in, but when those clients come back in to get their hair done. So it's going to be really important when our salons reopen their door to at least take into account that their profit margins are going to erode with every week that passes, unless they configure our system or use our system to make sure that it's going to go the opposite way. So rather than looking at a decreased profit margin, I think at the top of my head, I went from a toner, which is a low profit margin service, went to a negative margin, if you put the extra product charges in and you only charge the client for the incremental product cost, then it ends up taking something from a negative margin to like a 40% margin. And your clients are happy because you're not gouging them. You're just charging them for the incremental product cost. So I put that out there and actually I was able to hire all the staff back on early because when people started reading this white paper, it started circulating. It did a couple podcasts and whatnot. Um, we actually saw a lot of salons really prepare for reopening and input our technology. And it's been um, a lot more successful than we thought it would have been, but it's been great. We've been able to help salons reopen their doors and be confident that no matter who sits in their chair, they're going to turn a healthy profit for each service. That's amazing. And, and what about on your side of things? Like you've covered a lot of this in your presentation, Brittany, um, post-crisis, like what were things that came through that we weren't necessarily expecting? I know there was some stuff around online booking, of course, but. Yeah, and actually a a point in Josh's presentation that really resonated with me was this, this, now we're having extra long services. Like we have to take into account 
the extra growth when we're doing a color application, which makes the service itself a little longer, which makes the product usage a little more. And salons weren't planning effectively for that. And I think in addition to that, something that um, we launched uh, during this pandemic and have um, further evolved and will be launching soon are digital consultation forms. Um, and to a stylist, it may seem like a lot in the forefront to take time away from being physically behind the chair to do a digital consultation. But in the long run, you're getting that revenue increase and you're making sure that you're not spending all this money on product usage because you've had a thorough consultation ahead of time, whether that be pre-sending a form or um, we're soon to be launching a virtual consultation that you can plan 10 to 15 minutes talking through services and outcomes with your clients so that you can properly price that service out ahead of time, as well as be able to plan effectively for usage. So that's one thing that we've definitely launched during this whole thing. Um, in terms of online booking as well, we've seen a greater return on online booking. So we've looked at our top 20 performing, top 20 per percent of performing salons throughout the, the pandemic. And these salons are getting anywhere from 47 to 48% of their total bookings just from online booking. Um, it's, it's, it goes beyond so much more than just the ability for your clients to have access to booking or changing their appointments outside of business hours. It also plays an internal benefit because we've seen that salons that implement online booking have five to seven additional hours of admin work per week that they could do with something else. So there's a reduction of that amount of time per week that their front of house could be either physically with guests or working on maybe another benchmark in the salon. It's giving them more ability and bandwidth versus taking client appointments. Um, and it does reduce your no-shows. If you have an effective online booking system with a firm no-show policy, which I'm sure I'll touch on at some point, but I've definitely touched on a lot during the data-driven experience. Those are keys to success for, for maximizing your retention and growth all at the same time and revenue. I think it's only fair to pretty much just get you to keep talking then with regards to the no-shows <laughs> because it does it kind of moves in then to like what are some of the biggest pain points for salon owners? And I think it's safe to say that no-shows has to be hands down one of the biggest ones. And then Josh, from you, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the hidden costs behind color. So Brittany, do you want to kick it off with the no-shows? Yeah, no-shows are my, I, I love talking about no-shows. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as I mentioned previously, I work with salons day in and day out and prior to Forest had the same experiences in and out of salons across the nation. And um, there's so many different facets to a business, whether you're in a small town or a big city. Um, but the common denominator I hear all the time is, oh no, I can't enforce a policy. I can't enforce a fee, um, which is crazy to me because statistically enforcing a no-show fee is actually better for salons, um, mm -hmm. not just to cover you financially in the event that someone doesn't show up for an appointment and then you're out an $80 haircut, but it also helps establish a, a mutual level of respect. And I speak from personal experience being a stylist behind the chair. 
as soon as I put my foot down with clients and enforced that late cancellation or no show fee, or even sorry, you're 15 minutes late. I have to rebook you and you will get charged a small fee. As soon as I did that, I noticed so much higher retention. So uh, a decrease in the amount of clients that were late to their appointments Mm -hmm. and those things minimized and my revenue maximized. So um, establishing, communicating and enforcing a firm no-show policy and a late cancellation fee are are huge and making it aware across all of your mediums. So your website, your social media, your actual online booking portal. And you better believe you have your staff that are in full communication about this as well. They should be enforcing it just as well because it's their time and their money that's being affected at the end of the day. So they should feel just as passionate about you as a business owner um, and they should get behind it just as well. So that's my stents on no-show policies. (laughs) But but you're so right about the mutual respect. It it really does have a huge impact on that. Another huge pain point in the industry uh, is, is, like Killian said, the color-hidden costs. Um, And you touched upon, Josh, you know, about revising pricing color structures as well. Do you want to dive into that a bit? Yeah, of course. Um, It's funny because it's basically along the same vine as the no-show. Um, I came into this industry, I, you know, previous life, I worked in banks, I worked in universities and I've worked in hospitals. But one thing I noticed when I came into this industry is how much education the stylists actually spend their time doing. Like it's far more than you would see in other industries. And there seems to be a respect thing around this industry that the stylists don't really respect their time or their worth very frequently. And, you know, I missed a physio appointment the other day. And I had to pay $150 and I didn't budge at it. So of course, this person took a time, an hour out of the day. I couldn't make it. I, I paid the fee. Hair color costs and the hidden hair color costs are the same thing. Because what ends with the stylist often think, don't worry about that today. Or I'll throw that in. Or it's only a little bit extra color. It's devaluing their services. Mm-hmm. They spend a lot of time in education. They're on their feet 12 hours a day or 10 hours a day. It's not an easy job. And they deserve to get paid a fair wage for doing their work. And the salon owner deserves to make a fair margin for going under the stress of, of keeping a salon open. I mean, most salons that we deal with, the owner is in the salon every day working their tail off. And they tend to be their number one uh, revenue generator and they'll charge the most. But some of their staff, for various reasons, are discounting their services and discounting the amount of product that's being used. So I think working, if you're going to run a business, you're going to run a salon, um, you know, it's really important to establish your benchmarks. If someone misses an appointment, they pay. If they if they kick up a stink for not paying for a no-show, then they're not a good customer and you're probably bleeding money other places anyway. If they get to the front desk and you say, okay, it's $60 for the uh, single process, an additional $10 for the extra product we use, and it's $45 for that, uh, that refresh that we did. You're pleased with your service, but everybody deserves to make money. And I think as we emerge... Um, when we emerge from this pandemic, I think it's really important. Well, I think it's important that salon owners start running their salons like businesses. Um, and I don't think the ones that were just making by with having the owner generating all the revenue, it's, it's just not worth the time. So just establish what you need to make for your time and then don't waver off that price because no other businesses we go to have the same level of discounting and freebies giving out that you see in this industry. Josh, um, 
like I know a lot of salons probably don't even know just how much color they're wasting until they use something like your software Vish where they can get the correct calculations. But just to kind of put it into perspective, do you have any like even global stats to say like just how much waste is actually out there? That because yeah, I would imagine there's a lot of people listening to this that don't know accurately just how much they're wasting. Yeah, so I mean, it ranges. The lowest we've seen is twenty five percent. We've seen it higher than forty, but the the typical range is twenty five to forty percent. And then within a salon, you'll see those same numbers reproduced. Um, you tend to waste about twenty five to thirty percent of your color, and then forty percent up of your bleaching powder. Um, any salon owner now just walk by your sink. It's absolutely filled with bowls of, of and bleaching powder and developer and, and, and color. Um, so it's typically the, the amount of color that we see wasted in a salon. Literally flushing money down the sink. We always make the comparison. It's like, can you imagine if a salon owner was, you know, going out back and they were, saw one of their staff taking 25 to 40% of their retail inventory and throwing it in the car? I don't think it would be uh, it would be revered the same, but you know, it, and there's no fault to the stylist because it's just how the industry works. People start with the round numbers to mix, and the client outcome obviously is the most important. So they tend to mix with speed, but you know, it's um, it's a tremendous amount of money. It ends up being between the between the money between the waste and the missed opportunities, like the extra extra product charges or the toners and add-ons and whatnot. It tends to be about five to ten thousand dollars of profit per chair in your salon per year is leaking from your color business. We've Wild. seen it higher than that in like really high volume salons, but even your small four chair salon, you can still look at five to ten thousand dollars per chair. And I know a lot of salon owners that are running very razor thin margins. I'm sure they can do with that additional profit to you know reinvest in their business and maybe actually take a paycheck. Have you actually received any success stories from salons that? have managed to reinvest that money back into their business? Yeah, we've had one salon that we were working with um, in Denver. They bought a four-chair salon that was running a negative, uh, running a negative or just making do every year. They bought, it was just a client, bought the chair, bought the salon, didn't have uh, any experience and then ended up taking the money saved with that and some other enhancements to the business and opened up a second location. Um, and this one was 11 chair, he bought another salon and implemented that change and he's planning to do it again. Um, and then we have a multiple, I mean, multiple salons having a six figure swing in profitability. And these aren't massive salons, you're talking about eight chair salons, putting an additional $100,000 of profit on their bottom line. That's an um, insane, yeah. Like to be able to open a second location off of your savings, that's mental. It's, it sounds like a, a crazy stat and it sounds like obviously I'm biased, but if you're a salon that have guests coming back in every day and you don't have a problem with customer acquisition or retention, profit's easy. Mm. So if you can do good hair, you can get repeat clients, you have a business. If you just tighten it up, all of that extra, every bit of efficiency that you gain is, is profit. Mm. You were When we were talking about waste there, Brittany, I know anyone listening to this can't, can't see what I'm seeing, but you were nodding and I could see you smiling. Does this ring true to, to souvenirs and all that? <laughs> it's, it's really resonating with me in, in many different facets because I've been on the stylist side. I've been the one just throwing ounces and grams and so <laughs> much product down the drain. Um but what really hit me was not knowing. And that's something that I'm such a big proponent of in this industry is creating a team culture. And that 
your stylists, whether you're booth rental or commission, your stylists are running your business as well. So if you're keeping them hidden from things, those are areas that you could leverage off of if they were in the know of things. And what I mean by that is if you're not engaging them and educating them on what your color expenses are or what your retail expenses are, but then you're expecting them to use less color or sell more retail, there's a missing piece there. Whereas if they were educated and they knew the reasons behind why we need to improve in those areas, they're going to be more on board and passionate about it. And therefore you're developing that culture of continuous improvement amongst all avenues. So I wish that at one point in time, it was educated <laughs> to me like, hey, do you know how much money this is out of your, you know, we could increase your paycheck by X amount if you weren't throwing this amount down the drain. <laughs> what we were really hoping to do in the industry, um, we've been pretty successful in most of our salons. We want to eliminate the product fee or the professional product fee to the stylist. I bet you find it quite difficult to go into a high-end restaurant and see if the chef is paying for the steak. Right. It just does like it's crazy. Right. But it's just that was a way that a lot of salon owners were trying to put some control. But it actually has the inverse effect, because when you take a 10 percent charge and just arbitrarily arbitrarily charge it to all of your um, all of your staff. Well, they're not really incentivized to be more efficient. Like, well, I bought this. I can use however much I want. And it's not malicious, it's, but it's just a, it's a bad system. They're there to do the client's hair and the client is the one that requires certain products or especially if you're getting into long hair or baby lights, mm -hmm. or if you're getting into any fashion colors, like it's, it's expensive stuff. So why is the, why is the staff is supposed to be like, oh, well, like, you know, I'm going to pay 10% to just those things. And the reasons why there was never technology in place or never easy systems to manage, but Everybody wins if you just take it, either build it in with a product allowance to the service or you separate the parts and labor. There's, there's many different ways we can configure this for your commission structure, your pricing structure. Um, but I think it'd be great to see the industry completely remove all of the product charges to their staff. So then to, I suppose, summarize and put some clear action points in place for our listeners, um, other than the very important one of educate your staff on just how much waste they're um, pouring down the sink, what other metrics would you recommend to start off with just to get a, I suppose, a get started playbook together? A little game plan, yeah. Yeah, so for me, it's really, since I presented at the Data Driven and have then had conversations with some clients it's really about starting off small. So don't bite off more than you can chew. Don't overwhelm yourself looking through reports like, where can I begin? Start with one area that you know off the bat already you can improve on. Um, from there, use your resources. Look at your reports. Where can you improve that further? Um, stay connected with the industry. So listening to things like podcasts, networking, Never stop learning from others. I know that that's something that's hammered hard in our industry from a technical stance, but from a business stance as well, there's, I've learned so much just doing those things, listening to podcasts or um, and being a part of a webinar such as the data-driven experience. Those are all tons of, there's so many resources for business owners and even stylists to stay a part of. 
Um, and then once you have some of those metrics, get your team involved. <laughs> um, they're going to be key to helping move the needle for those benchmarks. Um, and then once you find an improvement, the most important thing is don't stop there. Um, refocus, set new targets, and continually monitor. So that's something that I, an example that I give to a lot of my clients, because it's a big thing that I see being underutilized is a loyalty program. Um, and I find it so important for many different aspects because it can help drive new growth. It can help retain your current growth and increase your revenue all in the same. And if you're constantly monitoring that and switching it up, you're getting constant engagement out of it, which is feeding into those three metrics that are key to benchmarking across your business. Excellent. And Joshua, would you, uh, would you have a similar playbook or game plan or anything to add? I mean, the simple thing is just, you know, um, adopt Vish and we'll come and do it all for you and set it all up. I mean, that's clearly the no-brainer. <laughs> um, but yeah, but honestly, simplify your service menu and understand what are the products that are likely to go into those services. So don't, I've had salons where they have, like literally I was talking to a salon yesterday, had 30 hair color services and we're setting up the product allowances for each one. And she's well, what about this one? I'm like, well, you've done three in 90 days. So do you think that's affecting your bottom line at all? She's like, no, I'm going to delete it, right? Simplify your service menu and then actually look, what, what do you think are going into those services? So your new growth application, obviously it's using hair color. So price and say, okay, what's a typical new growth application? Double that because that's probably what's happening. And then say, okay, I'm going to use a full tube of color every time someone does a new growth application. I need to budget for that. And if I can, you know, get underneath that, awesome. My highlighting services, okay. Are people actually getting a quarter, a three quarter, a quarter, a full three quarter? Like, are they having all of these different highlights? Probably not. Starting price for your highlighting service and then charge additional from there. Mm-hmm. Um, also understand, like a lot of people, almost like a beta just came out with another of uh, this botanical treatment. You've got Orbe and keratin. Um, you have all these crazy expensive uh, treatments, okay? Like, if you're paying a lot for these, make sure that there's some checks and balances and how much they're using for each each one of those treatments and then charge your guests accordingly. We were in a salon this weekend where they had, um, I think it was Orbe, they had these, all these treatment systems. It was just pumps and all this, you know, and this stuff is, you know, 50 cents a gram. So it's crazy expensive. Um, and then also understand that there's a trend emerging with high lift products. A lot of people are, well, we see this now with a lot of balayages and highlights where people aren't using bleaching powder. They're using high lift products that are produced by the color line. So if you're having, if you have those in your salon, make sure that you're charging accordingly for those. There are three times the price as bleaching powder. And then the last one is have a different, uh, service for fashion lights or fashion color. A lot of those direct dyes, crazy expensive which is fine, but make sure if your guest is coming in with like, you know, the rainbow looking unicorn hair, that you go, okay, that, that's not a new growth application in the toner. That is actually a custom color and we're going to assess how much color was used and then charge for that. Yeah, makes sense. Well, if people have more questions for you, Josh, I know we're going to link anyways, the the uh, the white paper in today's episode show notes, we're going to link both your presentations as well. Um, but where can people find you online or connect with you? Yeah, you can follow us at Vish Salons um, on Instagram and Facebook. And you can go to our website at getvish.com. 
Amazing. And Brittany, um, if people want to get in touch, the obviously <laughs> there is there is the yeah, there is like you can contact us through through Instagram. But um, is there like if, if some of your clients uh, are, are listening to this, can they just reach out to you as well? Yeah. So for for current clients, of course, we actually have a Facebook group that I highly encourage you guys to join if you're not already. And you'll have access to finding me through there. I'm a part of the group, so I can direct message as well. Um, or you can just email me my first name dot last name at forest.com and I'm happy to set up a consultation call. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Brittany. And thank you so much, Josh, again, for joining us on the show. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you both. Hey guys, Zoe. And Killian here. There's a lot going on in the world right now and things are changing fast. This is a short reminder for you to stay safe and on top of all the latest and factual news. Your starting point should be your governing health services website. Forest Salon Software has also a variety of business resources available. Check out our Help Juice page, the Forest Academy Learning Portal, our personal and business resilience strategies for salon owners at forest.com forward slash salon hyphen lockdown, the Forest blog and podcast, and our multiple on-demand webinar recordings at forest.com forward slash resources. And one last thing. Don't Don't be scared. scared, Be be prepared. prepared. Okay, moving into the Inside Forest section now, we have two brand new courses. However, they are region specific. So the first course I'm going to talk about is the new Forest Chat course. This one is for US or Canadian clients only, as the feature is only being released in those regions. But this course and Forest Chat gives salon businesses a new and unique opportunity to engage in real personalized conversations with their clients in a sleek and modern chat thread. So what can you expect to get from the course? You can make salon bookings, new procedures and appointment confirmations more efficient, initiate conversations with clients via SMS that opens an opportunity for real replies and a human chat at a time when it's needed more than ever. And finally, engage in real personalized conversations with your clients in a sleek and modern chat thread in Forest Go. This is a self-talk course, which should only take you about 10 minutes um, from start to end. So check out that course if you are based in the US or Canada. The second course then we have is from more over the European side of the world, where we have increased revenue with gift sets and vouchers. So as you know, quite a few salons in Ireland and the north of Ireland have all shut down. Same with Wales. And we're kind of expecting suit from a few other countries. So we've put together this short course designed to share some thoughts and ideas for you and your salon to generate some extra revenue, regardless of whether you're open or closed. So on that note, we've included two things you can do while you're closed to move your pre-Christmas rush online this November and deepen your relationship with your clients. By the end of this course, you should have started generating revenue from gift sets on your new online store and keeping cash flow coming in with the online gift vouchers. So if you've never used your online store or never used the online gift vouchers, check out this again, really short 10 to 15 minute self-talk course showing you how to add your gift sets to the online store, your own branded online store, how to market it to your clients and do the very same thing for the online gift vouchers. As always, if you have any queries, just contact Forest Academy at forest.com and we can help you out. 
And just before we sign off today, uh, again, just wanted to reiterate, if you are uh, going through a secondary lockdown at the minute, we do have a dedicated landing page that goes through strategies um, for salon owners to help you stay strong through these lockdowns. So that's at forest.com forward slash salon hyphen lockdown. You have some strategies for, you know, staying well inside and out, communicating, especially while you're closed. Um, We have also steps to uh, help you generate revenue online. And finally, support for uh, reopening after those temporary closures. We also do have the links in that landing page to a download portal with uh, material that you can access for free. So don't hesitate to check those out. And we'll have the link in today's episode show notes, of course. And again, don't forget that you can always head over to forest.com forward slash FM and subscribe to the show's email newsletter. Get all the updates uh, and and downloadable content that we can provide you with uh, straight to your inbox weekly on Wednesdays. On that note, that's all we got for this week. So as always, if you want to share your thoughts on Forest FM, this episode specifically, have any questions for Brittany or Josh, send us an email at forestfm at forest.com or leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, stay safe and we'll catch you next Monday. All the best. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z. Great music makes great moments. Montreal's cutting-edge post-production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Forest FM, the Salon Owners podcast, is brought to you by Forest Salon Software. We help salon owners get their clients back in more often, spending more, and generating referrals. Let's grow.